Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You see, the prophet is the one who calls a person out. The prophet says, turn from your idols, repent, turn or burn, get right or get left. The mercy says, yeah, but what about grace and love and mercy while they turn? You see, we got to understand that we're all different and God made us all different and we all don't have the same gift. And even though we all don't have the same gift, Those gifts work together synergistically so that the body might be whole and might, just like your natural body has different parts. It got a hand, got a foot, got a head, got got a neck, uh, legs and central nervous system and arms. And yet it all works together synergistically. So it is true with the body of Christ. There are many different gifts in the body and yet they all work together for the good of the body. For example, a guy is standing at the cafe and he's holding a bottle of orange soda. And some kid runs by and pushes the guy and the bottle falls and shatters. Okay, so five people with five different gifts run up. The person with the gift of helps, he'll say, oh, uh, let's get the paper towels and wipe this up and, and get the orange cones and mark off so that nobody steps around because there's glass. We got to look out. That's the person with the gift of helps. Well, the person with the gift of mercy would say, oh, honey, are you okay? Did that shatter cause you to think about your shattered childhood? (laughs) The person with the gift of teaching will say, you know, you should never run with glass in your hand. Remember, the word glass in the Hebrew and the Greek means, and you're like, whoa. And the person with the gift of administration, well, he'll be thinking, wow, how much was that glass? And we got to figure out how to replace that glass, you see? And, 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 and the person with the gift of administration is thinking, well, we got to replace that glass. And not only that, but we got to avoid this from happening again. So we need to rope off this there and there and here and here and make sure that that doesn't happen again. And the next time we see somebody running, we need to have a tackler, that's his ministry, a tackler to tackle them because he might run into the guy with the orange soda and here we go again. Okay, I'm back. The gift of administration. See, they try to organize things. And the person with the gift of giving, they say, hey, I'll pay for the glass. Matter of fact, let's get two glasses. You see, all the gifts are different and they're all necessary and they all work together in the body for the greater good of the body. And every gift is useful and necessary when used in the proper function. Now, we've been talking about, listen to me, saints, we're talking about the gift of mercy. But let me tell you this, every single born again believer in this room 
ought to be merciful people. If you agree with that, I want you to clap your hands and say amen. <laughs> ought to be merciful. The gift of mercy, done. Now we're talking about every believer ought to be merciful. Don't you remember in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is standing or sitting on, on, the, on the mountain. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, and he's preaching the greatest sermon uh, ever preached on how to be happy in this world, and, and everybody wants to be happy, don't they? I mean, Pharrell wrote a song about it. Amen. Everybody wants to be happy. So Jesus just steps up on the mountain and he takes a seat. And he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. The word blessed, you got your pen? The word blessed means, oh, how happy. Oh, how happy. Psalm 144:15. Happy is that person whose God is the Lord. And happy is the man who obeys God's word. Oh, how happy, Jesus says, are the poor in spirit. Oh, how happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Oh, how happy are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Oh, how happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then in verse 7 of chapter 5, Jesus said, Oh, how happy are the, anybody know? The merciful for they shall receive mercy. Listen, every born-again believer should be one who shows mercy. Why? Two things. Number one, because Jesus said you'll be happy and blessed if you do. Number two, because every single born-again believer in this room has received mercy. Am I right about it? When you became, am I right about it? When you became a Christian... Essentially, you said, God, have mercy on my soul. And he loved you when you didn't love yourself. I'm talking to somebody here. He loved you when you didn't even deserve to be loved. God have mercy on my soul. He had pity on you and he showed you mercy and he saved you. And we need to be merciful because God was merciful to you. And if you're merciful, then God will show you mercy also. Now, listen, you don't need to have the gift of mercy to show mercy. Did y'all hear me? You don't need to have the gift of mercy to show mercy. Mercy. Watch this. Watch this. Mercy comes from mercy. Y'all didn't get that, did you? Mercy comes from mercy. Our mercy to each other comes from the mercy that we receive from God. So mercy comes from mercy. Now question, if you're not merciful, how do you become a merciful person? Well, the key to become a merciful person is simple. Become a broken person. You need to begin to show mercy when you realize and you will begin to show mercy when you realize the great mercy that God has shown you. Have you ever stopped to think about it? But maybe not. God has been merciful to you. God has blessed you. I don't care if it's not all going right in your life. I don't care if you think, well, I got this wrong and that wrong and this wrong and that wrong and this is wrong and that wrong. Let me tell you something. The fact is you woke up this morning. God was merciful to you. God was merciful to you while you were sleeping. You sleeping on the job. 
and God is showing mercy. We serve a God who is merciful. God has been merciful to you in every area of your life. God has taken care of you and provided for you. And how many times have you worried about something that was going to happen and it didn't happen because God took care of it another way? Can I get a witness here? And God took care of it another way. That's God's mercy towards you. So, so, so when you realize, this is how it works, when you realize how great and this really ministered to me yesterday while I was sitting I was sitting in my office while y'all was eating hot dogs and barbecuing. Y'all know I'm upset about that. And I'm going to tell you right now. I'm sitting, I'm blessed. I'm sitting in my office and I'm thinking, you know, when you realize how good God has been to you and the mercy that God has shown you, it actually becomes easier for you to show others mercy. It's almost like your kids. You know when your kids get old enough and then they do something and, and, and you go, you know, you might not go as hard on them as you would because you did the same thing when you was that age. Some of y'all ain't telling the truth. You know you're in church. Tell the truth. But because but, but, but you, you know you did the same thing. So when you realize how great God has been to you and the mercy that God has shown you, then it's easier to show mercy to other people. Here's another question. How do you know if you're a merciful person? Well, that's easy. How do you respond when you hear someone did something that was maybe stupid or they sinned? What's your attitude? Do you think, man, what a loser. They're an idiot. I can't believe they did that. Or do you think, man, that's awful. That's too bad. What can I do to help? I think of Galatians chapter 6. As a matter of fact, ah, come on, y'all. Turn with me really quickly. Hold, hold your finger right there in Romans. Go, go to Galatians. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and Galatians. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians. And if you've gone to uh, Revelation, you've gone too far. Amen. Come back. Galatians. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Look at Galatians chapter 6. How do you know if you're a merciful person? Well, this is what Galatians tells us. Galatians chapter 6. And look, look at this. This is a great verse. It's a great verse. And look at verse 1. Galatians 6, 1. Brethren or sistren, want to leave out the ladies. If any man is overtaken in the trespass, you who are spiritual do what, y'all? Uh-huh restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Great chapter. You could go on and read it. But notice the Bible tells us if a man is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual do what, saints? restore such a one. Notice it doesn't say you who are spiritual reveal such a one. Huh? Sometimes you got to read what the Bible doesn't say. It doesn't say reveal such a one because y'all know how we are. We're like, man, listen, I'm going to tell you something and you ain't get this from me, but I'm going to tell you. You ain't get this from me. And uh, now what had happened was and then we reveal such a one. Now, the Bible doesn't say do that. Notice the Bible doesn't say you who are spiritual remind such a one. 
The Bible doesn't even say you who are spiritual rebuke such a one. It says restore such a one. You got your pen? You're going to love this. This word restore means to mend broken bones. Mend broken bones. I have found in my 33 years of being a Christian, the more godly, and maybe I can get a witness in here, the more godly and mature and spiritual a person is, the more merciful that person is. Am I right about it? The marks of true spirituality is a merciful person, not a sin-sniffing person, or a gospel Gestapo person, or a God Squad person running around with their centimeter ready to uncover every... I ain't talking to nobody in here, I'm just saying. Ready to uncover every sin that's in the church. You are most like Jesus when you are showing mercy. And I'm amazed at how many people say they want to be like Jesus. We even have bracelets that say, what would Jesus do? Remember that big old, everybody, that's gone now, but everybody had bracelets on it. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Listen, if you want to do what Jesus did, you need to be one to show mercy. Because that's what Jesus would do. He would show mercy. Jesus loved the poor. Jesus loved the desperate. Jesus loved the sick and the dying. He loved the prostitute. He loved the tax collector. Then you know that's love when you love the IRS. Amen. <laughs> Woo. He loved them. He loved the sincere and the insecure. Jesus was the most merciful man who ever lived. And yet, watch this, saints. The more mercy Jesus showed, the more merciless people were to him. The more Jesus showed mercy, the more they wanted to kill him. So listen, mercy to men brings mercy from God, not mercy from men. You write that down. Mercy to men brings mercy from God, not mercy from men. Being merciful to men does not guarantee mercy from men. We like to say, I'll, I'll be nice to you if you're nice to me. I'll scratch your back if you scratch my back. Or I'll show them mercy if they show me mercy. Do you realize the Bible commands every single one of us to show mercy? Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Hosea chapter 12. Keep up with me. Hosea chapter 12, verse 6. So you, by the help of your God, return, observe mercy and justice, and wait on your God continually. Micah 6, 8. This is probably one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament. Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly. Somebody come on, read it with me. But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. I love that verse. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Listen. God told the people of Israel their love for him was like the dew on the grass. Read earlier in the chapter in Hosea chapter 6 and you'll see this. God told the people of Israel their love for him was like dew on the grass. It was there for a brief moment, but then it was gone. 
And the point that God was making was that he wanted his people to have an affection for him and each other. And he does not want people doing their own religious duties and forgetting to be merciful to each other. Fast forward to the New Testament, Luke chapter 6, verse 36. Therefore be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. Matthew 23, 23 and 24. Are you listening? Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. And what are the weightier matters, saints? Justice, mercy, and faith. These, Jesus goes on to say, you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out. You get that picture? Jesus is so descriptive. Jesus was the best teacher ever. Somebody once said, Jesus was a storytelling man. You strain out a gnat. Can you, can you get that picture in your mind? Somebody straining out a gnat. You, get, you ever get it? This is really gross, okay? You ever get like a gnat that like fly in your mouth like a little gnat and you're like, ah, I'm trying to be like Jesus, a storyteller man. And uh, Jesus said, you strain out of the net and you swallow a camel. Real simple. If you want to be blessed, you must show mercy. You must make war against legalism. You must make war against religiosity. Listen, saints, you must make war against worldliness. Did you hear me? The world is trying to divide the church. The world is divided. We are living in a time where I don't remember when this country was more divided on more issues than ever before. And somebody clap your hands if I'm right about it. We are so divided on everything. We are so divided on so many things we don't even know what to say about anything. I don't know whether to call, they don't know whether to call you African-American or black. I seen an interview person and they went, African-lack. <laughs> I'm like, hold it. We don't know. Or, or all of the various issues, God help me, I don't want to get involved in getting all down that path. But there's so many issues, people, we are so divided in our country and we are letting the world affect the church. We as a church cannot allow, we must make war on worldliness and that is allowing the world to come in the church and divide this church. We are the people of God. We are one people. We are not a black people. We are not a white people. We're not an Indian people. We're not an Asian people. We're not a Hispanic people. We're not a brown people, a black people, a white people. We are Jesus people. We are Jesus people. Somebody need to clap like you mean it. And we can't let the world come in and change that and divide us on that and bring worldliness. You got to take war. Listen, when you become a Christian, it is war on worldliness. 
When you're in the workplace, it's war on worldliness. Standing around the world, the water cooler, and they telling the off-color jokes and carrying on. I know how it is. I spent 13 years in the Navy. You ever heard cuss like a sailor? Well, that's what I lived in. And there every Monday, everybody's telling jokes and carrying on and, 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 and off-color jokes. And you know what? You don't laugh at that. You're a Christian. You're different. Take war on worldliness. How do you do that? When they're telling the off-color jokes, you know what you do? You just walk away and go sit at your desk. Don't grab your Bible and start holding it up and waving them and rebuking them. And rebuke. Cause some of y'all will take what I'm saying and run out this door and go, our pastor said we need to rebuke you! <laughs> you sinners! I ain't saying that, but I'm saying that just go sit down. Don't stand there and they, they tell off-color joke. And, and don't get me wrong, man. I'm going to keep 100. Some, it, it, it could be funny. <laughs> it could be funny. Y'all know me. I'm a clown. So if I hear something funny, I'm a high big of high boy. I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, I got to go. <laughs> And just go sit down. I'm not, I don't want to partake. You know, you don't stand there and yuck it up with the world. I remember when I was working at First FSSG, it was an office area, and man, they had something every single weekend. They coming in, oh, we did this, we turned up, we did this, we did that, and this, that, and the other. And I, I didn't partake of none of, no, I wasn't doing that. I was a believer, and I was going to live as a believer, and I was the only believer in that office. And I read my Bible and stayed by myself. And then I had Bible study. And I would, I, would, I would live as best I could for the Lord. I don't want to be a part of that worldliness. And you know, at first they laugh at you. Oh, well, you think you holier than thou, huh? No, not really. I just, I just ain't, you know, I just ain't trying to do all that, you know. Then after a while... They, had given, they gave me a name. They gave me a name. They used to call me Deacon. They used to call me Deacon because I, I, all I did was read the Bible, mind my business, serve the Lord, read, you know, lunch break, I go to my car. They called me Deacon. And then they used tongue-in-cheek mocking me. But you know what? Guess what? When trials come, and they will. When tribulations come, and they will. When life comes at you, and life comes at you fast, and it does. Guess who they're going to call first? Deacon. That's exactly right. That's that. That's exactly who they gonna call for. Hey, hey, Deacon. Uh, hey, Deacon. Uh, can, hey, can you uh like uh send up a prayer for the like the man upstairs? I'm like, what? Who's upstairs? Hey, we don't even have upstairs in this building. What are you talking about? <laughs> I used to get, I give him a hard time. Look at my man upstairs. What do you mean, the man upstairs? And why are you talking so low? <laughs> well, you know. I, 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 well, you know, can you, can you, you know, can you just say, like, like, you know, send one up for me? Send one up to where? We're in the office. I'm, I'm getting out. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, pray for me. Oh, you want me to pray, pray for you? Pray? Huh? I hear you. Huh? Pray for you? Yeah, pray for, pray for me. Pray for you? Pray for you. Yeah, pray for you. Okay, sure, I'll be happy to pray for you. Let's pray now. See, 
When life comes at you and life comes at you fast, when you hold a witness and when you take war on worldliness and hold your place as a Christian, they will eventually come to you for, for and then you'll have an opportunity to share Christ with them. Sometime a witness and an example and a testimony doesn't come with you just walking up to people going, hey, do you know the Lord? Sometimes you got to walk that thing out for a while so people can see that you are serious about God, that you know God, and that y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Y'all know what I'm talking about. That you know God, and that you love God, and then you'll have that opportunity to share with them. Devote your life to what Jesus calls weightier matters, justice, faith, and mercy. Now listen, three of Paul's 13 letters that he wrote, he wrote grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now men's ministry, you know this, I'm going to move a little bit quicker. Grace and peace are often called Siamese twins. Got a pen? Got a pen? Keep up with me. Grace is God's undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor. Somebody once said that grace is the most beautiful word in the Bible. And peace. Peace is the Hebrew word shalom. Listen, peace doesn't mean I hope you don't get in trouble. It means I hope you have all the highest good coming your way. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.